for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is May 19th, 2020. And today I've got my dad on the podcast to take a trip down memory lane. Welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is a special one for me. Today, I actually have my father on the podcast with me. Um, So Justin is not with us this week, and I've got my dad and I've got my good buddy, Aaron Swan. So when my dad talks, he's going to probably say Aaron and Aaron or Aaron and Swan. So it might get really confusing to the listeners out there, but... Uh, like I said, Justin is gone this week, and uh, I wanted to bring my dad in. It only took me 114 episodes to do it, so here he is. He's a hard guy to get strangled in here, um, but uh, I'm glad to have him here because he's the one that taught me a lot of a lot of stuff that I know now. Or you know, you know, keep, he's... keep it up, keep blowing me up. You're doing good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he got me into this. Um, thing this this lifestyle that I love so much and realistically I mean if you think about it I wouldn't have a podcast really if it wasn't for you because I wouldn't be into hunting probably you wow, know, now so. you're gonna make me cry what do you think Swanee <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> you guys used to play little league baseball for me all the time when right. we were going out yeah so but uh so I got Swan on the other hand he he's been on the podcast before so episode 10 and uh pretty unique about that podcast we just found out the deer age on those two deer so if you yep. guys have not listened to that podcast swan what year was it 2017 17 17 october 4th 2017 yep you shot two of the best bucks you've ever other than your kansas buck um in one night in michigan in a bow stand 52 minutes apart uh shot a 144 and a 138 and uh he just got the official age back on him and uh we're gonna do a podcast about it because mm. it's pretty mind blowing. Um, 
both of those deer ended up being two and a half years old. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me! Not I kidding. didn't know that. That's wild. Yeah, yeah that's wild. That was a nice box. Yeah. Yeah. Nice box. So, kind of sad, but, but it's Michigan awesome we live in. That's time, that's yeah. what we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I I want to get into that, and we won't get into that today because I want to do like a whole story. Because you had pictures of those deer the year before. Yep. Watched them grow up. We thought for sure they were at least three and a half years old. Yeah. You know. So we'll get into that later, but. Like I said, he I've done that podcast with him, and then about your big deer, and then Justin Thielen was on with us on episode 108, so you can listen to those two. Okay, four minutes into that, so let's get into it. Dad, welcome to the podcast. I know you are the biggest listener of my podcast. So. Oh, number one fan. You're going to start making me cry <laughs> now. He changes diapers all the time, yeah. So kind of give a little bit of backstory on who you are and, you know, I guess start by saying what got you into hunting. Uh, well, like I said, I'm Dale Blasey. Uh, I'm pretty much uh, independent. Uh, I, I self-employed, uh, been for quite a few years. So uh, obviously you worked for me for quite a few years, but uh, we never did get rich. But that's fine. Uh, but no, um, hunting years ago, I got involved with hunting through my buddies out of high school. And that kind of late too, right? Yes. Like 18 oh yeah, years old yeah, or yep. So. Seventeen, eighteen years old. We used to junior, senior high school. My buddies were big into hunting, and uh, my dad hunted a few times. Uh, I still have the the old thirty thirty he bought when he was eighteen years old, and uh, well, used that, killed a few deer with that one too. But uh, dad never. By the time we got old enough, dad wasn't a wasn't hunting very much, so uh, he had given up on it. I don't even think he ever killed a deer, but uh, he he tried anyway, and. Uh, but it, it, it went with my buddies. They were they were a different breed of guys, you know. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed the camaraderie of camps and and everything like that. But then finally started getting into bow hunting and stuff. So, but when when you were getting into hunting, then was it just one of those things like deer drives, gun hunting, or was it? Did you start bow hunting right away? No, I didn't bow hunt right away. It was mostly all gun hunting. But like you said, it was one of them things where. Uh, guys would get together and uh, drive a section at a time you just strategically put people around at different spots where funnels with deer would funnel through and you know they still do it but not so much around here anymore you know that I mean, deer kinda... drives were pretty big back then. Oh, even yeah. when we were in high school oh, I mean, deer yeah. drives were huge like well the deer numbers weren't as much then so i mean right. compared to now i feel like so you had to push them a little more oh, than yeah. to to get yeah. on them I uh, ended up, uh, and you can ask your father-in-law about this, because this was way back before he even thought about even getting married and everything. We were hunting together doing a drive, and uh, we had both drawed blood on a deer that we drove out of the swamp. And uh, when we got to it, uh, it laid there, and it was both of us had hit it. So <laughs> he knew I was in a buck contest, and it wasn't a real big buck, but I ended up winning <laughs> a nice little uh, sling from my rifle out of that deal, and, and Mike ended up... Uh, uh, giving us uh, give me the opportunity to have and I still use it today so it's kind of neat but so you guys knew each other before oh yeah see I, I went to I went to school with uh with Tom was in my grade and Mike was Tom, uh, Tom Tom's Mike's, Mike's brother, older brother. Yeah. Yeah. you guys graduated together and then Mike was yep, what Mike two years was, behind you yeah two I mean yeah two years behind Mike was yeah. but uh yeah small and then world. we played softball together you know for, yeah. for local softball so it was fun <laughs> a lot of beer consumed you know <laughs> So, it's curls, so getting into that, that was probably what late seventies, early or mid to late seventies. Yeah, now you're gonna give me my age. I I graduated in seventy uh, six, so that was quite some time ago. And our you know the centennials yep. and stuff were going on, so we were filling 
filling beer cans, uh, grain wagons full of beer cans, you know, empty beer cans at celebrations all over, you know, <laughs> so it was fun, so. Got to live back then. I mean, uh, in our senior year, no less. And, your yeah. best friend was the sheriff at one uh, point, yeah, wasn't pretty it? Pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Because I remember you telling me. shine a lot of deer with him. And in his cop car, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 He'd come and pick me up, and we'd go drive it around. And <laughs> you'd have a 12-pack of beer in there, and you'd use no, the lights. No, we never went that far, no. <laughs> Uh, he was a great guy, great guy. So I still see him now and again today. But, uh, um, yeah, those were the days you used to shine deer. You could, And then they make rules for it. And well, We can still shine now. I mean, we did a lot of shining. We still kind of do, you yeah. know. But there's laws. I mean, you can't do it before or after midnight. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen some of the biggest deer we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. Oh, Not even yeah. just in Michigan. You see more deer. Just, and just, it wasn't nothing to see four or 500 deer a night just driving around for well, a years. Well, the size of deer, too. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen 160s, 170s driving around, and that's crazy to me. And they but. patrolled it. There was a lot of uh, poaching. I think it, it, I think it's still there, but yeah. poaching back then, I, I can remember uh, um, Archie picking a son up. One night, and uh, Jack and I were Is this a poaching together. story? Are no, you it's gonna... not a poaching story. It's just a douche <laughs> kind of story. I'm not a poacher, no. <laughs> but, but he picked us up, and we went shining. And uh, I can remember uh, I was in bare feet and shorts, no shirt. And Jack was in a pair of shorts and no shoes. And Archie was dressed, but, you know, we were shining deer, and all at once the uh, lights come on. Well, the DNR used to follow you for quite some time with no lights on just to watch what you were doing. And he ended up pulling us over, and... You know, all we had was sarsaparillas, you know, we were good kids, but there was no way we were going to poach a deer, and I was going to run out there and grab a deer in my shorts <laughs> and no shoes, but he laughed at us, but, you know, knowing that they were checking people out was a good thing, because yep, yeah. we were just looking for deer is all we were doing. So, mid to late 70s, you got into hunting, so when did you really start, like, bow hunting, and was that the point when you were, like, really got more into woodsmanship and just, you know, really tried to learn deer, or was did that come later? Oh, uh, basically bow season broadened the horizon and those guys were bow hunting, but those guys were hunting from tree stands and I'm talking about those guys, uh, specifically, uh, Bernie and Hank were really good friends. We played football and baseball together and, and, uh, we did just about everything together and, and those guys got me started into bow and I, I actually think my first bow was a, a Darton Huntsman. It, it wasn't, it was 50 pounds and you couldn't, you couldn't change the poundage on it or nothing and. And I remember we didn't have camouflage. I wore a pair of jeans and tennis shoes and a T-shirt. Because you didn't know any better. No, we, did, we didn't. And, and sitting on a fence row, I remember a, a, a cornfield that was specifically half cut off, but it was, it was chopping and everything. And I got bored. And I got down because I'd only sit there for a little while. Well, I just wasn't used to that. I can remember walking around and seeing this buck huge buck but at then you know he could have been a 30 pointer but yeah i he could have only been four point but he was a big buck to me at that point i remember sneaking up close enough that i thought i was going to get a shot with a bow and arrow and then he saw me and it was the start of it all yeah. i started getting a little more serious about it and went through a lot of bows but uh, yeah it was fun but that's how it started you know uh, we used to climb up a tree we never had tree stands back when i first started just climb up and hang out on a, the best branch you could and you didn't sit there very long, you yeah. know, but... Uh, Did, were you aware of, like, the rut and stuff? No, like, and when the rut, like, no, you just... I never paid no attention to it, you know, just, I mean, I can remember, uh, I specifically, when you talked about rut, I can remember one more. We knew about the rut, but we didn't know the advantages that you have by taking advantage of the buck, you know, start... But I can remember sitting in a tree, and I had camouflage this time, but... Uh, 
I could hear a grunt coming, grunt coming. Oh, my gosh, I got my bow all ready, and I was ready to go. And, and here was a doe. And I kept looking behind her and thinking that buck was going to keep coming. I could hear a grunt, and the grunt got louder and louder and louder. And she walked right underneath my tree, and she was the one doing the grunting. She was the one grunting, and that was a long time ago that we learned about grunt calls and stuff yep. like that. And, you know, that's where you get your experience is learning that kind of stuff. But, you know, never had a whole lot of money, so we did what we could do, you know, at the point to hunt. So basically was that just, I mean, you were just going, you knew hunting season started October 1st and went till basically the first of the year. So was that just like, you knew it was just hunting season, so you just went and hunted and, you know, there was no recollection of like wind direction or scent control uh, no. or it was just go. You, you learned as you go on about the wind. Once you got busted a few times, you, you knew that you had to, you had to start worrying about the wind, you know, and they come out with the poofers and the feathers and stuff like that that you could put in your tree stand. Of course, I was a smoker back then. I like oh, to yeah. smoke cigarettes. You know, the heaters. <laughs> what, did, what did you call them the other the night? Doomers, I, the the Demoriers. Yeah, <laughs> it's a brand of cigarettes in Canada, Demoriers. So we call them Doomers or lawn darts or, you know, what have you. But I can remember uh, it seemed to be deer were attracted to, uh, to cigarette smoke. Because if you'd sit there for an hour and a half and didn't see anything, I want you to light up a cigarette. Next thing you know, there's a deer there. You know, so sometimes you kind of get this idea, well, okay, if I just let a cigarette put it in the crotch of the tree, they'll come, you know. Uh, and, and, uh, but we started out, uh, too, a lot of my start was we ended up buying that cabin, uh, but up in the UP, but we'd always go to the old guy's cabin. Yep. And uh, we started a bow camp, and the last full week in November or October was our, our week to go. And we'd spend seven days up there religiously. There was uh, um, six of us. And a few other guys had come. It was always with six of us. And uh, we would hunt uh, morning and night. And we'd always usually kill a buck. And But we'd seen some nice bucks, but we always somebody always usually killed a buck. And we didn't doe hunt much back then. A lot of guys weren't big into doe hunting. But I, you know, you learn as you get going that doe need to be processed just as well as, as bucks do in order to, to make this herd strong. But, but we learned how to. You know, everybody brought their grunters and their rattlers, and you tried yeah. everything, you know. So that's kind of how my learning effect was, you know. Was it ever something for you, like, to pass up bucks? Or was it, like, the first antler coming out? I mean, First antler coming out. Because then if you got legal if you killed the first at deer camp, then you got to drink beer the rest of the week and <laughs> be camp uh, yeah. bitch or whatever yep. you want to call them. Darn the socks. And so when did it start becoming, and th- this could have been just of recent, but... I guess to fast forward a little bit, I mean, you kill, you've killed some some damn good bucks here in Michigan. I mean, you've got four bucks on the wall that that are, you know, from that 120 to 130 range, a couple with your bow, a couple with your gun. But, like, when did it become, I want to hold out for a bigger deer, or was it ever that? When When you started hunting is when everything changed for me to say, I'll either shoot a doe for meat, but I want to start letting them grow. We started when we started our hunting the family property that you call it, you know, the the 220 acres. Um, we we started uh, uh, years ago. I, I'm going to say we're probably into 14, 15 years now that we started the eight points or bigger. And I think it might be a little longer than that. It, I don't want to say it was like. Right around when we started the cabin, which was 2000, when we built the yep. cabin. So it was right, it was before so about that. 20 years. Yeah, so yeah. it's been pretty close to that. So um, 
enjoying that was the fact that I wanted to watch him get bigger. And then, then you look at some of the deer I had on the wall. They were always really satisfied with what I did, and I enjoyed hunting. And uh, But when you started hunting, it was fine that eh, we knew that you were going to get some meat or hopefully get some meat. If we didn't, I could get some meat, but I got a little more fussier about the deer that I shot. So Well, in 80. 80- 1989 and 1990, you went back to back with two bucks, two of your biggest bucks. With the rifle, you're with right. With your gun. Yep. yep. So, you know, were those opening day bucks? Opening yes. The, um, the 79 deer was opening day 89. buck. Or the 89 deer, uh, the, uh, the the 90, um, he was opening day also. Yes, he was. Both of them were opening day for Same second morning. No, two different blinds, but not too far away from each other. And you guys, I mean... You guys were exclusively bait hunters, right? Uh, at that point, no. No. At that point, no. We weren't bait. We weren't baiting. Um, baiting got strong later and later as it got, you know. But I'm, but I'm, both of my deer that those two deer never got shot over bait. Okay, so then around that time, like what what made you want to go in and hunt that area? Like what what stood out to you to put your blind there and or sit on a stump or you know what was i guess walk me through like what was it a train feature was it you know bedding area did you think about that or was it just like ah this seems like a good spot like i'll just plop my ass here and see what happens it's kind of how it ended up because you know like i said we we weren't leasing that property but it was in our family Mm -hmm. you know i mean not a married family uh family blood family to you but it come through your mom's family so uh and, and so we'd hunted it for a lot of years, and there was only a few guys that bow hunted it, but everybody rifle hunted it. And so we always had five or six guys hunting it, used to, and uh, before we started our cabin, and you know, and then it went quite a ways. But shooting the rifle was always everybody, you know, I always did the rifle, so uh, I always set daylight till dark, and always grabbed a sandwich, brought a sandwich with you, and, and it was it was the biggest thing. That's why I think the uh, but these were shot early in the morning. So, but then bow hunting came, and the spots that we picked were just spots that we had a luck in. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, we've seen all these deer down so here. So it started earlier from somebody being there, and either seeing a lot of deer. Yeah, because we didn't so have trail cams or nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, so it was it wasn't like a, you know, you know, a good pinch between bedding and food, or like a saddle or something. It was just like somebody sat there, yep. saw a lot of deer, and was like, yep. you know, somebody needs to go sit there. And you know you might have a good good chance. So that I mean, between you and your and your buddies, that was back then. That was never even a thought, was it? Right. No, it's easy, but like we had a, we named a lot of our blinds. And I'm just going to give you an example. And you and I walked by it the other day, turkey hunting uh, the recliner blind. It was just two two by sixes, six foot long, and a three crotch maple tree that we nailed across and then nailed boards on it and you climbed up the branches to get onto it and we had a string there you know amazingly we come up with a string idea instead of strapping it on your back to pull your bow and stuff up but we killed a few deer off that but it was on a on the property line you know 50 yards off the property line but it it had that little ridge there that the deer liked to go on so we were actually same height as the deer that they were at the top of the ridge but most of the shot was down, you know, most of it was down. And well, we killed quite a few deer in that. And tree. realistically, I mean, Swan knows we were talking about the recliner blind where we had you and I set up late season for uh, the triple brow buck. Mm-hmm. It's right there in those the oak ridges. Yep. I mean, realistically, looking back at that, I mean, that is 
a perfect funnel between bed and food. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. You know, because the bedding is on the neighbors yep. and the food is on us. Yep. And you and they're basically the way I look at it is it's kind of a somewhat of a staging area of oak trees and where the deer will hang out before they get to the primary food source at you know a last light. Well, and, and there's acorns there too, so they're 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 browsing as they're going. Yeah. And and uh, um, it's it's amazing how much deer browse. Well, you see it now more that we don't have the the bait laws that are mm-hmm. gone now. You see deer just moving so slow through the woods, yeah. just browsing here, browsing there. They're not in a big hurry to get to a food plot yeah. or a bait pile. You know, well, that's the thing. I mean, deer their their diet is consisted so much of woody browse and just like, you know, you ever cut a tree down and then like two days later you're you're hunting over it and it or cutting limbs out of a tree, they're eating on it. You good, know, it's good like, UP trick. It yeah. really is. If yeah. they hear the chainsaw run, the next day they're going to be there checking yep. it out. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a good UP trick. You know, so. I guess you. I mean, you shot those bucks in '89 and '90, just kind of like a luck thing, really. I oh mean, yeah, uh, it's very much lucky because hunting, blind. hunting in general is luck. I mean, there is some skill to it. Don't get me wrong, but like a lot of it is like, you know, being at the right place at the right time, and then you're you're also as good as your farm, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, you're only as good as the deer that are going to be on your farm, and you know, we could say we want to shoot a hundred. 70 inch deer all day but we just don't have them so right. it's like right you know you try to take the top 10 percent of what you have and and then figure it out from there but um back to what you were saying about uh you know we changed our rules to eight points and bigger uh but four four points on one side basically because that was a, the michigan second buck tag when they came out we had to have yep. four four points on one side so it was kind of a good natural thing to go to so if you accidentally shot a seven point or six point as long as she had four points we weren't a penalized but hunting camp but mm-hmm. you know we would give everybody a bunch of crap for yeah why'd you shoot that but not really you yeah. know but but we also gave that you kids the opportunity when you were growing up because when we were growing up we could shoot anything you know and what better way to make a hunter than to to harvest an animal and so it was like go ahead and shoot i remember telling you the first time that you went out hunting i don't care what you shoot i don't care if it's a button buck i don't care if it's a little doe i don't like to shoot button bucks but that's me but i i don't care if it's a buck a little doe a spike horn all I want you to do is shoot broadside to that thing. I don't want to. I just want that deer broadside to you. That's all yeah. I ask you. And then back then, you guys had the opportunity to kill a doe every year. But once you killed a buck with your bow, then that rules made effect. It had to regardless have regardless of size. Yes, would it you, had to would, have yep. four points on one side. And the same way with the rifle, you could kill a small buck yep. until you killed that buck with your rifle. Then the next one had to be. And I and I've seen our farm since then just keeps getting better and better um as of late it hasn't been i mean 2015 i think or 16 was the last really good year to have bucks on the farm but i think uh you know we've had some crop rotation around us that hasn't been there before the big potato fields and stuff that have come in Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that has anything to do with it but i think what is unique to our farm is it is I mean, that mile section is all, I mean, it's basically all timber. Yeah. You know, it's just but it's, big it's, timber. But it's mature timber, too, just in the fact exactly. that uh, 
that uh, Mark just ended up logging to our property off. Yeah. Not all of it, but I bet he did forty uh, percent, yeah. probably. Which is going to help tremendously oh, in the next five years. We were talking years. about that this morning. We were at uh, at uh, just camp messing around yep. turkey hunting, and and that it's going to get thicker and thicker, you know. So to talk about camp rules, Swan, you guys had a pretty successful deer camp as well growing up, just like ours. But uh, what was your guys' camp rules? Did you guys have anything? Um, you know, I mean, kind of the same thing as you guys. We, you know, it went from, you know, growing up, killing everything, like Dale said, if it had horns, I mean, three points, people were excited, but it went from that and we had, you know, 140, well, at that point we had the other side too, so we had like, like 260 acres roughly, um, but we had a pile of guys hunting at 14, 15 guys at one point. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, and it dwindled way down over the years and then it turned into... And part of the dwindling down was guys didn't like the rules. You know, we decided yep. one night at deer camp, um, you know, kind of me and dad started talking about it and told grandpa, said, let's kill some bigger deer. You know, let's let's try it. And it started out with a four point on one side mm-hmm. rule. It's kind of the general, mm-hmm. I feel like, period. You start out at yep. that Well, it's that an same easy rule. judge, too. Like, anybody can see that typically if there's four on one side or not. Yep. Um, you guys also, like you said, you got to remember back then when we were hunting, you could you could kill four bucks, yeah, legally three, in thought. a year. Three, I thought. No, you could kill four bucks. You could get two with your rifle and two with your bow. Cause it went from four to three to two. Because yeah. I what, do remember that for as long as you and I've been hunting, we've only been able to kill two, two. bucks. Yeah, yeah, back then we could get two buck tags or rifle tags and two uh, that's crazy bow tags, and then you could get as many doe tags as you wanted to too. But we yeah. we was nothing to see. Oh. I can remember I used to mark on the on my blind because I set from daylight till dark, and it wasn't nothing to see a hundred deer opening day. You know, it, most all does in the timber. In the timber, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and because I, I don't hunt off the open field, uh, but uh, that was that was crazy. You know, but I can remember shooting a buck one morning uh, at one end of the cornfield. Uh, they had put corn on our property. There might have been. You probably don't remember. Last time I remember, the, remember it our was property right back being in by the, the cabin, and, and it went it went east and west. Well, the last dead. time I remember it being corn would have been like around. I don't think I don't know if the cabin was there or not. I was I because Casey took me hunting one night, and they were chopping the corn that night, and I shot a doe. And that whole front field was corn. I mean, 65 acres of corn. It was the last time. So it was early 2000s since the last time that's been corn. Yeah. Well, that was like I was sitting where about where Jack's blind is there just uh, up from the apple trees right there. And that was all corn out there mm-hmm. in, that, in that roll right there. And it was only maybe 150 rows wide, but it was that whole length of the field, yep. which is probably 350, 400 yards probably. Yep. And I'd sit there by where Jack's blind was in a tree. I couldn't tell you which tree was close. It was where we saw Max that one year because that was all high grass at yep, one time yep. too. But I shot a buck out of that tree, and the buck went into the corn. And this was like on a Saturday morning early. First thing, I shot a buck right on the edge of the corn. I used to hunt right on the edge of that field and stuff. And So I'd let him go. And, I, but of course, the corn was mature, so the, he took out through the corn, and I thought, I got I waited for about a half hour or so, and I got down, and there was my arrow fully saturated and, you know, good blood and everything like that. But So I started tracking him. I knocked another arrow and started tracking him through the woods. I got just about three-quarters of the way across that field, and I was only about eight rows in, and here's another buck standing on the south side of that cornfield. I thought it was the same one. 
So I snuck through the cornfield down on my hands and knees and got up to the edge. And he never knew I was there. Pulled back, drawed him, whacked him. He ran back towards the tree stand that I was hunting originally. <laughs> I've never heard this story. So I went back to the my blood trail, followed it all the way to the end of that corn. There laid that buck that I'd shot on the end of that cornfield. I thought, oh, my gosh, I got two of them because he went that way. <laughs> he went the opposite <laughs> yeah. way. So I, I, I left him. He was passed away i went back and checked that other where i shot the other one i followed the blood trail and he died right underneath that other blind and i had two tag boom i tagged out that day probably two four boom. points yeah they weren't big they, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't big but you know what i was feeding you and your sister you know? uh, yeah. it's like okay so you shot those two bucks after you shot those two bucks i mean i think one buck was like right around 120 and then the second one was like even like 125 or a little yeah, bit bigger. You right said around you measured it and you said it was, it was bigger. Yeah, it was like 125 or 128. Something I can't remember. It had higher tines, taller tines on it's it. It's a tall nine, tight, tall tight nine. Yeah. Um, but after you shot those bucks, did it ever uh, like? Did it ever hit you that like, man, this is like. First of all, I mean, walking up on seeing those deer and shooting them, I mean, it's probably like, holy shit, that's a big oh, deer. Yeah, it's just it's probably huge. the biggest deer yeah. you ever seen yep. at the time, right? Oh yeah. But I shot that bigger one the year before. No, that second was second year was second. the bigger deer. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. So, like when you shot him and walked up on him, you were probably like, "Was that at that moment? Was that almost like, you know, I shot the Hambino this year, which was a deer of a lifetime? Was that like walking up on that at that time, like a deer of a lifetime? Oh, geez, anything was just adrenaline. That's but but that's why we hunt. You know, I mean, like I said, it was shaking in the tree. Uh, you're shaking the whole tree, and the apples are falling from it if you're hunting an apple tree because <laughs> you're shaking so bad. That, that's why we hunt. Oh, yeah. It, but, it's the adrenaline flow that the Russian. And right, but what I'm saying, there's a different feeling when you walk up on the M Swan, and you probably had it this year in your Kansas buck, your biggest buck ever. You know, yeah. that's a giant buck, too. I mean, oh, 158, yeah. that's a huge buck. Guys would kill to have that buck. And But I'm saying... At that time, in 1989 and 1990, to me, what I've researched and looked at, like deer around here were just not, there was so few of them like that. Yeah. Like, was that walking up to that, like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever top this, like one of oh, those moments. Oh, yes, definitely, because you just don't see that kind of deer. But we, we, we did, prior to that, remember I mentioned the, the, the deer max? Yeah. This is way before we even, because Jack uh, Cook and I used to uh, hunt the property hard. You know, we're just good friends, grew up together and everything. And and I hunted, you know, where Bill planted those pine trees. Well, where you shot your, uh, the buck, the picture that you got of that. Uh, the beehive. Yep. The beehive tree is just up the hill from that. So it could overlook that whole field. That was all that uh, high CRP. Grass, CRP grass because nobody was farming at the mm -hmm. time. That was when they. They laid property away not to harvest. They would pay farmers not to farm stuff back way back Probably then. in like early 80s, yes. probably. And that buck had a bed out in the middle of that 45-acre field, out in the middle of that CRP grass. And the only reason I know that is because all at once one morning I'm hunting in that tree, and it got daylight, and I'm watching the field, and all at once hear this huge, huge buck. And back then we didn't have cell phones to take pictures or nothing. But he was—he stood right up in the middle of that field, like 180 yards away from my tree. He had no idea I was in the tree, and he would—he would get up and he'd lay back down. He'd get up and he'd lay back down. In 
Was this at rut time? Did you know? Like at I, that I couldn't mo- tell you at that moment because I didn't pay attention to rut or anything. I just know there was no velvet on his antlers, and he, he was huge. Well, obviously, hopefully there's no velvet on his right. antlers because you'd be a little early. <laughs> well, but. you know, it's weaker <laughs> things have happened. But, uh, but I can remember uh, – um, that morning, Jack come late. I don't. I don't know why he, he because we used to park up there behind, uh, which was Scott Payne's house. Yes, uh, uh, which is uh, uh, Pete's house. Pete's house. Yeah. And uh, by the beehives, there we used to park down there and walk. And uh, we always, we never drove back there. That that was one thing we didn't. We it's did probably not. We, sh- we should do now. <laughs> Move yeah, the but, cabin. We, we, but we never, we never drove back to from that fire. We always walked. I even got a point of uh, just about bought an old mountain bike and mounted stuff on it so I could carry my bow and stuff in there. And, and uh, um, see. That's innovation before it was innovation. Mm-hmm. Like now it's the e bikes and like people do that all the time. Like that's the stuff like you know, like think people were thinking of that before like why didn't you market that? Why didn't you do that? Yeah. You know, he'd probably be rich right now, you know. <laughs> but uh back in the it, it, that was the uh, hugest deer. We didn't really just our biggest <laughs> he, he was he was uh we figured he was at least 10, 10 points, but we figured he was all uh, 25 or 30 inches wide. It was just, he was huge. We called him Max, Max Headroom, because Jack and I named him. Because Jack come walking up late that night, and, I, and I'm whispering. He didn't even know I was in the tree street. Jack, Jack, stop. You know, and I said, right out there's a buck. He's laying down, and the CRP was tall enough that you could just see his antlers over top, of, and you could see his head turning. And Jack says, oh, my F. He said, that's huge. And I said, yeah. After that buck. Jack tried to sneak up on him. I stood in the, the tree stand and watched it. Jack try to sneak up on him. And uh, he, he just knew that we didn't play the wind. We just, he was just going to walk up there and see if he could get an arrow in him. Well, that deer was gone. I watched him run right over into blocks, you know, or over into bitlers over there. And uh, um, he, at that point, I used to sneak up every night on my way back out or every morning on the way back out on that blind, get my wind direction right and sneak out there. And, we found out it was about an eight yard where he had just knocked the grass all down and he, he could sit anywhere he wanted inside that, in that little domain of his right there. And there was runways coming from, but you know, we never really thought about following those runways to see if he was ever coming from the woods or where we could hunt him closer. Those, those were just like, he's there. We just So to get him. you mentioned that you did try to get the wind right. Did you eventually like during that, like, where is it like one of those things where, he obviously didn't see Jack probably coming. He smelt him. Smelt him. Like, did you? Oh yeah, think because of that? he had jumped. Yeah, because I had realized that Jack wasn't close enough for him to hear him or anything like that. So the deer, and he was facing, you know, right at Jack. So then it, you put two and two together. You start thinking about he, he knew what. You, know, you talked about that buck that you had video camera uh, for eight hours. He got up and he moved around because of the wind change. That's kind of what I I thought. Of, I keep thinking about this. Well, buck. typically what they do is is they'll bed with the wind coming from behind them like mm-hmm. they'll so look they can see they'll yeah. look downwind so they can see anything coming and they can smell what's behind them but and they can't the wind's see going over their back yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's typically how a buck and it might have been that way i can't remember you know but that's been back when i was way younger than yeah. you are too so but you know yeah but those were the days you know but so i mean i guess the next, you, you know, you killed those two bucks, and then the next, like, significant buck that you killed would have been in 2006. Yes, that was with a rifle yet. Bow, too. with a bow. Down oh, the yeah, creek you're right. Stand. I killed, yep. Because when, that was a year, very unique morning because, uh, very is, unique. Because this was, back to the one we used to hunt 
October 1st, we were in tree stand. It was just like opening day rifle season back then. We, we made sure we had the time off at work. We made sure that our stuff was ready. Jag and I used to shoot in a, a archery league, an outdoor league with the, the 3D outdoor yep. league. And you'd shoot, you know, 40 hours or arrow, 30, 40 arrows a, 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 a league. So by the time hunting season rolled around, you were honed with your equipment. You know, you mm-hmm. felt comfortable with your equipment. Yep. And uh, so we did a lot of practice and did a lot of shooting. I can remember that's when you started shooting. You know, you were just like two years old and we got a bow set up, a kind of little old panda bear set, and you started shooting that. And that was the happiest thing you ever did when you uh, got to shoot that bow. And <laughs> Denny Pung's hat. You ever remember Denny oh, yeah. Pung's hat? Yeah. Denny bet you $5 that you couldn't hit his hat on the target out there, and he went and set the target out there, and you smoked his hat 30 yards. <laughs> <laughs> Denny reached in his pocket and got you the money and walked and got his hat and said, never again, I'm going to bet a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess – you know, you shot that in 2006, yep. which we should probably get into that story because that is a pretty unique story. But, oh, yeah, um, that was a wild Just hunt. to kind of set it up, I guess, uh, our property is 215 acres, but it's like a long, skin, <coughs> kind of a skinny. I mean, in a way, I mean, yep. how far do you think our property it's, lines it's east to west it's are? Probably, it's all the six. It's a, it's a lot. It's 600 yards, I bet you, from end to end. And, from uh, east to west. Yeah, from east to west. Yeah, at so, least. And that that kind of plays to what's the story About you the can story tell. Because, yeah, yeah. Because uh, um, you had shot a big buck that earlier that year and couldn't it, find and it. Couldn't find it. I shot a nice nine point out of that same stand, and we were using bait at that time. But I I'd I'd hit him high. I tracked him for two days, and uh, not tracked, but just searched. I, I tracked him as far as I could away and 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 we we just ran out of blood and never but also to mention too like this is still to the point you were still hunting out of just like one tree stand yes like basically like it was was, it was never like you probably hung a couple different stands but it was like go back to the same tree stand every time enter for the same time or same way exit you know there was never really I mean, did you have any recollection of, like, maybe I should do this a little different or? No, because basically we were bait hunters at that time. Uh, I bet you there was yearling deer after yearling deer ate off that bait pile for years that I had in that same spot because I rifle hunted and bow hunted out of that same spot Mm -hmm. still to this day, you know. Uh, and, and, And I like the idea of trying to move around now and be mobile, but that was back back. When you said we made our tree steps out of screws and well, angle you, you iron made, welded together, you made your tree stands out of you know metal, out of uh, yep. square tubing that was, and you put treated two by six yep. deck boards on it, and it, oh, they were heavy. And Those and fuckers were chain, heavy. Chain I still have too. some. Yeah. <laughs> I still have them in the garage. You can't pick the damn things it, up. It, it chain binders to hold them to the tree. Yeah. You know, so, but they were great stands. They were comfortable. You know, we did a lot of. If you uh, could get research, the fuckers yeah. in the tree, like, I remember you teaching me how to hang a tree stand, and we were trying to hang, you would throw a rope over a big limb with the tree stand hung on the other side, and you would pull that thing up like a pulley almost, and you'd get it up there to where you need it, you'd tie it off, and then you'd climb up there, get it next, and then, like, binder that thing, and I'm like, this is... Like, that was the only thing you knew, you know? That's how you know, <laughs> only way you can climb the fuckers up But you up felt there. comfortable once you were in it. Now those millenniums like you guys got now. Like, when I, I got out of I hunting for a while, they're bow hunting. I went rifle hunting, but I got out of bow hunting, and, and you started to let me use them, those millennium. Oh, my gosh, what a – what a I could fall asleep in that thing, but, you know, the, the, the lifelines, I'll never hunt without a lifeline. Yeah. I used to have an old round hat 
that when I hunted out of those same trees, because we used to take them same trees up in the UP and tree stands up there, and uh, I could I could lean up against my tree, and if my head started to move, my headgear would rub on that tree and it would vibrate and would make it wake me up immediately. And I never carried a lifeline. I'm just wondering how in the heck all those years, you know, sarsaparilla after sarsaparilla and, and climb, you know, you got a pile of beer cans underneath the tree. Hopefully you fall on them, break your fall a little bit, you know. But, uh, but back. Uh, Speaking of Millennium, though, before the Millennium stands, I mean, we, we went a couple years ago and as a deer camp week because we get a deal with them. So we bought a whole bunch. And now I think even all the old guys that hunt out of them now is like that's what they like to use. But everybody out there listening, if you do want to save some money on it, 5% off the store if you use KB5. So we can keep the lights on here in this there place. Go. Now we got to get our uh, well. Even even the hunter safety system that is. Hey, so we huge. got a hunter safety system code also. Yeah, I believe so. I can. I can because uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm 62 years old, and and it's nice to be able to have a little bit of security up in the tree stand mm-hmm. now. You know? Yeah. And so if you guys want a Millennium tree stand, use KB5 at checkout at Millennium to save five percent. And then uh, Kiefer Bros 19 to save 20 percent off hunter safety system. So. There you go. We got our ads in. Back it, to the back to the story about the the bow kill. Now you played high school basketball, and and uh, um, your uh, uh, Darnell was your uh, basketball coach at that point, and um, I'd helped him uh, keep books and everything on the away games, and and I used to announce the the home games, you know, when he was there, and and for for doing that for him, he gave me a gift certificate to uh, um, Jay's. And I went up to Jay's and I bought this grunting tube that would pinch to my chest and a, and a tube, the mouth would come up like running. it called like the extinguisher or something like that? Or? But it, you could blow on it. You know, you, if you'd you suck that, in on it, wouldn't you? I can't remember. I, I still suck, got it. So it would never freeze up or yep. something. But that was the first day I got it, and like you said, I I I hit that buck opening day, and I was just disgusted. I I I, I was getting ready to give up because I'm like, he's. It happens to everybody. It happens to everybody, you know. What we call them, pussing them up, you know. And I used to hate that, you know, to hear you didn't that. Hunt. That was because that was my first year. In that college. was opening day of, of October hunting. October first, yep. and and then you didn't hunt again until basically November, like the until you until yeah. you shot this buck. Because remember, uh, I think uh, it was November sixth or something. Brian shot his first buck. Remember, it was like a six or seven point, and it come down the hill. He was hunting up in that oak, and it come down the hill and died on my trail. And they couldn't th- fight it because he thought it went the other way. It, the arrow, he'd hit it way back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and so. if I would have been hunting, we'd have found that right away. But I walked yep. by it that day going down to yep. go to hunt that morning so, and saw that buck in the trail. So anyway, you pussed that buck up, good yep. buck, and then you didn't hunt. I remember you just pissing and moaning about it and not hunting. And that was the week that your Uncle Billy took uh, took the week off of work to hunt instead of, because we were always going up to UP. He decided to stay home and hunt from home because I, uh, was it the boys had football? I can't remember. I the, can't remember. I can't remember what it was. But, um, and Archie was up there and those guys kept saying, ah, oh, you piece of crap, you need to get back into bow hunting. You forget that and start all over, you know. And so that morning, I said, I'm going, I'm going to go hunting. So I, I got up and the wind was blowing so hard. And those guys had already, when I got to the cabin, it was already getting daylight. When I went by the the big flag coming out of Waveman there, mm-hmm. it was painted right to the east. I mean, this flag is 30 by 30 and it was painted like somebody painted it in the sky. That's how hard the wind was blowing to the east. 
So I got up there and thought, I'm not going to go hunting. And then so Billy and Archie are already walk out the door, and I am just, all right, I'll, I'll just go. But if I don't get down and I don't see anything, I'm headed out of here, so I might not see you guys when you get back up the cabin. And that was back when we could bait. And I baited like the Dickens legally to where we, opening day, I could have bait there. And then I pussed up the thing and never went back down there. And it's like I said, it's been late. It's been four weeks or better, you know. And I got back down there. Daylight and everything, messing with my grunter all the way down there, blowing on it. Got in the tree stand, looked down at the bait pile, there's only a couple rocks. It was it was bare, it was gone. I'm saying, this wind blowing like this, I ain't never going to see nothing. And but I got, the wind was out of the west? The wind was out of the so west, and that's where that he come from. He come right from the yeah, west. Yeah, it was perfect, perfect for that stand. Yes, and, and so uh, there's a little creek that comes out of the lake. Yep. Honestly, down by my rifle blind, there's a big lake. It's a, it's a, a mudded, muddy bottom. I lake. wouldn't say a big lake. I would say a pretty good sized pond. It's probably 150 yards around yeah. or across from each other. Around we call it, it's called, called Round Lake. Uh, yeah, uh, in, in uh, that's a good funnel for the deer to come down and run it. They got to go run that lake from the other guy's property and us. And next them down where you're at, right yep. there. Yep. So that creek right there. All at once, I heard a, a splash, and I just I always had my bow in my hand. And I always shot sitting down. You know, you know that. I, I was never, I always put myself in a spot. I could turn on my tree stand and I could get a, you're only going to get a 75 degree, you know, shot range, but you couldn't get nothing coming from behind you worth a dime unless you stood up. Anyway, I turned my head around like that way. And by, by, in this creek is only 20 yards at best from you where yes. you heard this. this yes, deer he was, was right on, on top you. of me before I yeah. knew he was there. And he, you come to, Walked right underneath my tree. I mean, his belly was rubbing up against my tree that I was in. That's how close it was. And I drew back on him. He's right underneath me. I drew right back on him with my bow between my legs and, and let him have it right between the shoulder blades. And I watched him whirl across that little creek again, and he ran 35, 40 yards right there and piled right up right there, and I was just elated. Hadn't even been in my stand 10 minutes. So you've hunted twice that year and had two really good bucks. I mean, this buck, I, I don't remember if we scored or not. Probably I'd say 115 to 120. Yeah, right he was range. probably maybe just over 100, but he was a nice eight-pointer. Yeah. Nice, nice eight-pointer, you know. Um, so so then that's when I had found Brian's deer because I walked over to the deer and I wanted to go up to the cabin and, and uh, just to see if those guys were out of there. I was just excited as heck, going to, you know, make sure I go and recover it, get ready and all that stuff. And well, that morning, Bill was hunting on the west. My brother Billy was hunting on the west side of the property in a tree stand. Let's say 600 and some yards from oh, here. Oh, from where my stand is. Yeah. You know, so, uh, um, and then Archie was hunting probably 200. 250 yards away from Bill, a little bit to the west, but north. a little bit to the north. From you. From, from no. He was, he was northwest of you. He was northwest he was, of me. Yeah, yes. northeast of Bill. Yep. Yes, yes. Basically, you guys were in a triangle. Yes, kind of, yep. yep. And, and that morning, right at daylight, Bill said I had a huge buck come up and walk right off the neighbor's property and face, and he was eating out his bait pile facing him. And he couldn't shoot him. And he couldn't get a shot at him. And he's standing there facing right at him with an arrow knocked and couldn't get drawn because the deer kept looking up at him and eating and looking up at him and eating and everything like that. And he said he had a little uh, deal, a little uh, it, acorn. It says G3 had like an acorn, a little nub that was like you know, when he was in velvet kind of broke and it kind of grew hard that way. So it kind of pointed off into the air. I said, well, that's what my deer's got. Really? So then after we're sitting there talking, kind of getting the idea, maybe we've seen the same deer, 
Archie comes walking up. And he'd been out there, oh, man, seen a nice buck. I said, I almost didn't hear him. And he come trotting by me right underneath my tree stand. He had a little, on his G3, he had a little horn hook around. had the ding, acorn. like an acorn growing off it. I said, well, that's how my deer. You shot a deer? I said, yeah, I shot a deer this morning down here. So we got all ready and went down there. And sure as hell, those, that was that same buck that Billy seen first thing in the morning. And it ran away from him, or walked away from him, and then it was trotting by Archie, and Archie couldn't get a shot at him. And then he turned and come right straight to the east to me and walked right underneath my tree stand. So he made contact with all three of us that morning on our property. Pretty crazy. And, and I, I shot him and, and uh, got him. And I was, that was awesome. That was the biggest buck I ever shot with my bow, you know. But uh, yep. Still to this day. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get a bigger one, but. I haven't shot a buck in quite a few years because... Well, you stopped hunting for a while, too, though. I mean... Bow hunting. I still yeah. rifle hunted, but, uh, yeah. Still like the idea of, uh, I'll shoot a doe. I don't mind a doe. Um, um, I only... I'm the only one that eats venison anymore, so I don't need any more than a deer. And I usually cook up a good, a good venison muckluck for a deer camp, you know, for everybody to eat during a night at deer camp and stuff, but... We're very, very privileged. We've worked hard for what we got, but our deer camp and is spoiled. Neat. I mean, our deer camp, same with you guys, Swan. I mean, for us to be able to grow up on the properties that we did, you know, you hear a lot of these guys that only can hunt public land even now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we've never had to hunt public land ever. Right. You know, the first time you hunted public land was this last deer season. Yeah. You know, we've never had to. I mean, that's, you know, pretty privileged and pretty spoiled to be able to do that. And, you know, the memories – just in deer camp alone is has been second to none. I mean, that's what molded you as a as a person too. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like going up there and getting to be with dad or your uncles or your grandfather or yeah. something. It's just you look forward to that and now like you know, I've accomplished a lot of a lot of what I've wanted to com- accomplish some goals, you know, in, in my hunting I don't like to say career, but like my in my hunting over the years, but the thing that I always go back to is, like, I miss deer camp. Like, I miss having that camaraderie well, and your buddies. Like, we talked about this year, you know, you guys went down to Kansas, and obviously I, I don't get to see you guys a lot during the, the fall, but, you know, we are talking about, you know, maybe this spring or summer having a deer camp at our, my buck camp and just going up there playing cards and mm-hmm. drinking and just yep. having bringing our antlers up there and just having deer camp, even well, if it's in the summer, you know. Austin and, and Patrick went with you guys down there when you made that trip. Austin shot a nice yep. buck and everything, and, and they both hunted that opening day with us, and then I think they took off like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. They all just got up and, and got in their vehicles and took off and headed to, to with you guys, so... um yeah, they still that's still that camaraderie. Just like you said, opening day of Michigan hunt is probably uh I'm not gonna say better than sex, but as I get older, <laughs> yeah, it's better than sex. Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> However, no, it was you know, that that it was weird because that was my first rifle season. I've not sat in the woods here. I've I mean, since I've started rifle hunting, even way before I started rifle hunting, I sit with my dad in the blind. I mean I remember being so young, I sat there at the bottom of the blind. He finally invested in a heater. I don't think he could afford it. He probably took out a loan for it and just to keep me <laughs> yeah. warm. And and he knew it was either that or try to find a babysitter, and yep. he was going to go hunting. So, yep. But, I mean, even at that, it's been years. I've never missed an opening day until this year because the three of us went down. And, I mean, I can't say that it wasn't worth it for what I walked away with. Yeah. But oh, at the yeah. end of the in day, the it's, just like that, yeah. it's just that you sit there and you're yeah. like, the whole next day I'm in Kansas and I'm sitting here finding myself like 
I wonder how my sister and my dad and everybody yep. are doing because well, it's that's it's, just like it's you said. Deer camp. It's it's and if and you know as well as I do, you guys have been around Michigan long enough. If you don't get that big buck the first day or the second day, chances are you're not going to see him unless he's in our area. With a doe. Yep. In, in our, our area, area. Yep. unless you know. he's laying low with a doe. Yeah, you know, until yeah. he a weekend maybe popping, he moves from property to property and without being detected. That's the only way. Yeah. you know. So yeah, you thrive on that opportunity, but mm-hmm. you know, I so. agree though. I haven't hunted a Michigan opener, you know, two years ago I was here for Michigan opener and I just sat with Alyssa, you know, and she had the gun. But now I don't even care to take a gun opening day like with her, you know, I want her to take the gun because she doesn't get to hunt a lot. She loves to bull hunt, doesn't get to bull hunt much. Um and then, you know, gun season, that that opening weekend or three days is like her time to hunt. So like I want her to to get a deer and um that's kinda you know, kinda my goal for her, but it's the camps that I miss the most. It's like it's the we gotta you know, we have a big buck pole so everybody brings their deer up and there's usually bucks hanging on it that night. Of, but, click flash, click flash, yeah, click <laughs> That's just what you miss and I don't know. We we do it in Kansas with uh, you know our human animal guys, and it, it's the best time ever. You yeah. know, it's we had our rifle camp last year. Uh, you know, Lee and Adam and Keegan killed three great bucks, and Casey and I and Cody were filming. I mean, we drank a lot of beer and we had a lot of fun, and it was just kind of that time where you can just you know just relax. And oh, yeah. you know, bow season is stressful. I don't care who you are. If you if it's not if it's not the least bit stressful for you. I think I wouldn't. I don't. I, I guess I shouldn't say I wouldn't call you a bow hunter. I wouldn't call you sick for it. You know what I mean? Like I'm sick for bow hunting. Like it's well, that's fine because that's what you 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 succeeded at bow hunting uh, early, which a lot of kids don't get the opportunity. Uh, we were just up deer camp this morning. Obviously, you know we got camp cleanup going on and stuff like that, and. Right there where our camp is, is the tree that still you standing sh- still standing shot there that you shot your of. first buck out of. Yep. And uh, they won't cut it down because those were the days when, back when I took an old 16-penny nail and drove it through a chopped-off piece of 2x4 into the tree so you could climb up in it, those steps are still there. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of stuff damages logging equipment, so they kind of leave it there. And I had told George, because George, was when he was slashing, I said, go ahead and you can take that tree out of there because it's only... It's only thirty yards away from our cabin, in that oak grove, and but then I'm glad the I cabin said, wasn't there when I shot. Right, the buck, well, exactly, but, yeah. it was not there when this has been years ago. Yeah, and uh, but it's still there. And you think about it, you know, yeah, that's where Aaron shot his first buck out. I killed a couple bucks out of that tree. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget that. That was the craziest. That you know, that wasn't over a bait pile, or nothing. That was on a nope. field edge. Yep. You and Uncle Bill and I were hunting that night, windier than a bastard, and right at you know half hour before light the wind just died down and i'll I'll be honest i was 12 years old i was deathly afraid of the dark deathly afraid and you know the sun went down and i'm like man i should probably start getting down here like it's getting dark dad hasn't walked by yet like why hasn't he walked by yet really it's prime time so he's probably knocked an arrow and like you know, ready to kill Not something. Not that particular year. You know, <laughs> he took but, all my uh, luck away that year. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear a twig snap, and I look back in the timber, and I see antlers. 
did not care how big of a deer it was. You know, you're 12. Oh, it you was just a nice want, buck. You want to I mean, kill it a buck. wasn't a great huge buck, but he was a seven point. Six point. Four on one side, two well, on Well, you could have counted that one as a seven, yeah. but we never did. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, a good deer for your first deer, oh, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, walked underneath me, pulled my bow back, shot him, watched him die. Yeah, I'll him. never forget. We get back up the truck, and I, I come walking out. Because uh, all honesty, the first, the opening day, we had a bait pile for him on his stand, which is about 150 yards away. We from only me. had two stands. I was sitting in his. He was sitting in mine. Yeah, That's and how that I, first week and, he'd killed doe. First first night out, first time hunting with he killed a doe, and uh, it went 70 yards or something piled up and blah blah. And he wanted so bad to get back out there hunting. And I said, Aaron, let's let's take care of the deer first. Let's make sure it's all taken care of. Looking we'll back. me being a father now, I know what he was doing. He wanted to hunt. So it's, it's like <laughs> mom's the babysitter. I'm going to go hunt. Like me being a father, I get it now. Like it's just these head but, games. But, and that was a very sanctioned area for me. When I was in my tree stand, that was all my area. No one else was around me, you know, and no kids, no nothing. Until he started getting interested and I started taking him when he was – well, he's about eight or nine years old when I started taking him tree hunting. I understand. But um, that that morning, he killed that doe. And then I, I said, no, 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 I'll be away. I held him off for a week. He kept bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. And that night, we're on the way back out there. And, oh, dear old dad, I ain't seen a doe yet, or deer yet at all. <laughs> I ain't seen nothing You just wanted yet. to kill a deer. All I wanted to do was shoot a deer. You know, I didn't have seen a deer, nothing. Not as much as the brown hair, and it's been a week in the season already. And he's already killed a doe. So on the way out there, he says, Dad, tell you what. You go set in my blind tonight, and I'll go set in your blind. I said, no, that's fine. You just go there. No, no, I already got my deer. He said, you go set in my blind, and you can hunt over bait because you haven't seen one yet. I said, okay. So I put him in my tree stand, and I headed to And listen, here we are. No safety systems, nothing. We just, you nothing. know, good luck getting up and down. He was a better monkey than I was, <laughs> you know. So I went and sat in his tree stand all night, and all I seen was porcupine. All I seen was porcupine. I was like, no, nah, get back down. Walk all the way back to my stand. He's gone. I thought, well, that little shit, he got all scared and everything. Took off and headed back to the pickup, you know. So I walked down there. Sure as heck, as soon as he could see me coming through the dark, Dad, Dad, I shot a buck. I shot a buck. And my brother Billy's there, and Billy's just shaking his head. That's what he said. He said, laying right out there in the field. I said, all right, let me get my stuff taken care of. Got my stuff taken care of, and I started walking back up. No, no, it's right out here in the field, Aaron. Dad? I said, no. Aaron, we're going back to the tree. Well, it's laying right out there in the field. I said, come on, boy, we're going back to the tree. I said, tell me where he was standing. He was standing right there. And I said, do you see any blood? Yep. I said, all right, start tracking. Dad, he's laying right out here. I said, no, keep going. I want to make sure you track this buck all the way to where he lays. And we did. We tracked it all the way out there. And uh, I think at that point we uh, we understood that uh, you got to be just, just as uh, honorable to the animal as you do anything else, is because of the fact that... Uh, well, it was a learning lesson for me, though, too. You were trying to teach me right, to, exactly. you know, how to track and what a perfect time to do that instead of just running out. If you let me run out in the middle of that field, I'd probably, st- I mean, I don't know, like, you know, through all my deer, if I saw him, you know, just fall... Making circles and wonder where he did fall. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you're ruining your blood trail or whatever. So I mean, that's a good teaching point, right but there. It, but it was pretty cool, and and we kept the rack, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was hard to keep him, you know, because we had him shooting bow and arrow ever since he was. Well, and it three. was it was like knowing now, like I said, now I'm a father. Like, you know, if I had a little piss ant twelve year old that was like wanting to get, and your one of your biggest passions was bow hunting too, like. 
you know, you got to, you know, teach them and you, you also got to like give a little bit too, you know, and that's why I'm glad I've shot some good deer now where it's not like it's yeah like the pressure, well, the self-inflicted pressure is kind of off in a way, yep. you know, like. Well, you, you remember when Alyssa killed her first deer? Yeah. That? And mm-hmm. I went out there to help you guys track. Her first buck with a bow. Yeah. Yeah. She shot first, him with a gun before. Yep. 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 But I mean that first buck and boy, was she excited. Oh, she yeah. was so excited and that was the neatest thing to watch. And anymore now, I've got quite a few grandkids. Uh, I want to see my grandkids experience those kind of things too. So that's my goal is to start to get my grandkids involved in, into hunting. Um, so I guess we're going to wrap it up here soon. It's We're an hour into this, but I want to, you know, now you've you've accomplished a lot. You've killed some really good bucks. You've never hunted out of state. You know, it's always right. been in Michigan. You've always hunted one piece of property your whole life. Yep. You know, basically we had our UP. That was all uh, of our yeah. state land yep. in the UP. I guess you did hunt public land up there. Yeah. yeah. And, but we did that as a as a group. And I mean, that was an excuse to go drink beer and just it, get away it was, from your family. But we also had fun hunting too. We also seen right. a lot of nice bucks, and we hunted a lot of state land, you know, too. But um, I, I my time's so busy anymore. I don't get up there. But I, you know what? You don't. You have to make time to do things that you enjoy. And the last few years, you've got me back into bow hunting, and I I respect that so much, and I enjoy it so much. And I, there was a time, if anybody asked me, if we could have your rifle or your bow, which one would you give up? And I said, you can have my rifle all day because I'll I'll shoot with yeah. my, with. And I tried turkey hunting with bow and arrow years and years ago too, and that's tough. That's a tough gun, you know, because we didn't have our pop up blinds and stuff. We just called and. Got up to them and and hope we can get them in close enough to. And we didn't have decoys either when I started turkey hunting. So or we had them, but I didn't have them. But so I guess now being like kind of a veteran in your your hunting stages, what is like? Do you have any goals still? Like I mean, with bow hunting and everything, like you've been bow hunting. I mean, a couple years ago, you had a rough go at it. You missed a couple bucks, and I think mm-hmm. you hit a buck and couldn't find it and. You know, that's that's tough. I mean, that wears on you too. But, like, is there any goals that you have right now other than getting, you know, your grandkids in it and getting them, like, self-goals or self-motivation that gets you out there? Or is it just the nostalgia of it's hunting season and that's what's getting me out there? Well, that that's getting out to it too, but that's why we still hunt. But And our hurting numbers down in Michigan are, are getting bad. I, I, that's why I want to push now so hard. I buy my hunting license. I, there was a time way back when, when I first started hunting, that we never bought our license until we, we shot a deer. And then we'd go get it and tag. We, you, you, you know, but that was a long, long time ago. Um, I don't like to do them kind of things. I always buy my license, and I think it's a good thing to buy your licenses because it all goes to hunting. Yep. And, and whether you use them tags or not, gosh, we've uh, boiled the heck out of them tags. They still taste like shit, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but still, you're you're getting back into the hunting and, and our percentages aren't there anymore of hunters that there used to be. So that's why I want my, my goal is to try to get as many hunters as I can, whether it be my granddaughters or my grandsons, you know, I, I want them all to understand and love hunting. Now we've been taking the uh, Wesley and Haven out uh, turkey hunting and they absolutely love it. They just uh, amazing how you can sit there and when there's a turkey gobbling in the tree and you hit that little call and Wesley was calling the other morning on his little box call and uh, and they would gobble it and you know you made him do that so you understand that you know. And, Is it more frustrating now like instead of like 
getting me when you were getting me into it? Is it frustrating more now of like, sit still? Like, or, oh, you know, no, no, or was it more frustrating <laughs> back? Like, cause I, it was more frustrating with you back then because I was still in my little sanctuary and I yeah, had to take you. I could you only, know? I could only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have more patience now, probably. Oh, a lot more. Like, like I said, Haven was laying down on the ground next to me yesterday morning and, uh, she was sleeping because we stayed at the cabin and got up and and uh, and we the four of us went hunting and uh, Wesley sat with his dad and she laid there and listened to the birds gobble and finally she got up and rolled up and there's leaves all over her long blonde hair and she just looks radic. I said, "Sweetheart, you look so beautiful," you know, and she's just moving all around and you know so. Yeah. But it's gonna be fun. That's what my yeah. It, but but my biggest goal too, when it comes to actually uh, shooting a buck, and 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 like I said, everybody has a trophy. I've shot a, above the cabin door. Did you ever tell this story about <laughs> the cabin door? You know, they claim <laughs> that this buck that's I've got it's my buck. He's got three and a quarter on one side, and about two and seven eighths spikes. on the other side. Spikes still had milk on his lips when and, he shot and it. And the tag says uh, October first. Now I can't ever remember shooting that buck on October. <laughs> I think 1st. it was like late eighties or something like oh, that. Oh, it was a long, 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 long time ago. And and so it hangs on top of our cabin door as a memento to me and it comes up every deer camp, you know, about You can barely hear hang a beer koozie on just it. Big yeah. for a koozie. <laughs> just yeah. big enough for a koozie. But uh you know, those were the those were the days and, and yeah. uh, uh but I think uh three and a half or four and a half year old deer and I get pretty good at judging deer anymore. Well we thought we did too. Knowing well, now. now that you said that with uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, antler size makes a difference, too. You can tell. But like I said. Well, we thought, like, that's what him and I are talking about. But, like, literally, in my opinion, in Michigan, at least Michigan, you cannot. Uh, no, I'll say anywhere. You cannot look at the antler size and be like, that deer's a three-year-old deer mm-hmm. or a two-year-old deer. You just can't. Like, now, when we go out to, like, Kansas or Iowa or Illinois, the thing is, is you can tell a mature deer to an inferior deer just or a, you know a younger deer because you have that comparison you will see that comparison yes. while you're there here yeah. a two-year-old deer and a three-year-old deer look a lot alike i mean we swore up and down that those two deer were at least three years old i mean didn't we not at minimum and, at minimum you know and yeah. the the you know the 144 inch we thought he could have been four and then you're you know the other one could have been three and then when you got those teeth results back and you said two and a half, and I'm like, that's just wild. Like, I would have never thought that. But, but I didn't see the deer physically. I just saw pictures of you sent to me, you know, but I'd never seen physically. Did you ever the weigh him? Um, we weighed him. I want to say the the bigger one was obviously he actually weighed like 20 or 30 pounds more. Really? Um, but I want to say they were both like right around that 180 or – or the one was 180-something, the one was 160-something, yeah. I think, field-dressed, which early season they haven't put their fat on or anything right. there. I mean, it's still a pretty good-sized deer. So I guess to talk a little bit about this, though, like you had pictures. Let's just talk about the big one, the bigger one. You had pictures the year before, so he would have been a year-and-a-half-old deer, which would have been his second fall. Yep. And second he was. antlers, yeah. He was – what'd you say, like 110, 115 inch deer? Yeah, roughly. You know, that deer at a year and a half, a lot of Michigan hunters are, that, oh, yeah. that well, appeals to them. Even when he was a, a button buck, he was probably a buck that probably was a four point. Or well, four that's, we we feared, I mean, we don't know, but probably anywhere from a, a button buck to, a, you know, let's just say six point. Yeah. You know, and he's probably only 30, 40 inches. 
So then he grew that one year, you know, over 50 inches. And then his second year, you know, his his big year, he grew another 30, 40 inches. That's yeah. unheard of. Was you guys using any kind of mineral uh, yeah, supplement? we had been we had been using it for quite a few years. Kind of started around the same time you guys had there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we yeah. we started mixing our own, and and that was the last year I think we could bait e- in Michigan. Yeah, it's been a couple. I think been a couple. I yeah. can't remember, but I mean, regardless, it just it just goes. But the thing is, is either one of those two deer walk in front of me. I mean, I would have shot those deer in out of state. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. your bad oh, luck, yeah. but and yeah. and I I guess I should say out there I don't I, it's hard for me to say that I would have been like that's a young deer yeah I, you just don't know I mean here it's just I would have never passed if you find one guy in Michigan that says they would have passed either one of those up I mean he's got a really good situation mm-hmm. then as far as property goes to, to for you to get them back to back like that yeah. it's just amazing yeah yeah. Yep. Well, it goes to show because you know, like you said, back there in the the '80s, you get a deer. You even now, you still in Michigan. A per, there's a lot of people don't see a hundred inch deer. No. Well, so. how many deer do you think even back then? Because back in it was like uh, I think it was in the '58, '57 or '58 when they built the Mackinac Bridge, mm-hmm. and guys used to take the barge the, the, across the water to get to the UP. And they would go up there and hunt, but they they could only get back and forth once or twice a day, I think, with how the ferry went or whatever yep. to haul. And even back then, how many big deer do you think were actually killed? Because there wasn't that many deer in, in Michigan to start with. You know, if you've seen one or two deer in a hunting season, that was amazing. When yep. they first, you know, when I hear of older people than me talk about it. And so then you get uh, a, a guy that's going over there. How many deer were killed that were never scored? Or oh. people got hanging on their barn wall that grandpa shot that, blah, blah, and, and we're, probably, we're mm-hmm. never even to the record books that are even talked about, you know, so. Well, up until eight, ten years ago, I mean, between our deer camp and, I mean, I don't know how many track jobs I've been on with you guys for Aaron here. And, oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, up until eight years ago, you, I never even knew what scoring a deer was. Right, exactly. I, mean, I knew that, I knew that if, I, if this deer was 16 inside or something at that point, you, I mean— you were bragging, yeah. and it well, was a good night, deer. Because he started, because he learned it from Chris and Casey and mm-hmm. stuff, and and, uh, and and all that stuff. So we got to the fact that one year we were up to cabin, and having some brewskis, and we started taking racks off the wall and started scoring them and writing them down on paper. And that's when we found out the nine point was actually one of the bigger ones on the on the wall. Still you know? could be. The biggest deer ever killed at the cabin, probably, and it's the only one that's not mounted. Yeah. <laughs> right, because I you shot didn't have that enough bigger, money wider to, one yeah. in Allen back then. And, and you didn't uh, have enough money to mount it oh that next God, year. No, still but don't have any money, but that's all right. But. That's that's the thing. Like, I mean, I think probably when I started really getting into knowing the score and, like, it actually was a thing was probably around 2009 or 10 when we started doing mainframe stuff. Yep. And, like... Then when you get all your buddies together, a group of guys, and then you're really starting, like, it was our life. Like, that was like... Oh, you guys had a pretty good good thing going on. It was pretty, you know... Well, I I remember sitting in the, like, filming Swan and stuff and, you know, looking at Bucks and having Bucks come through. And it's like, you know, how big do you think he is and stuff like that. And, like, I remember having those conversations. But before that, you know, when you shot that Buck in 06, like, it was just a good eight. Like we yeah. never put a tape yeah. to it or nothing, no. and it was just and, and nobody knew it was there. It weren't like we were talking about him and calling him no. uh, uh, Jim Abbott or anything like that. Because first time I ever ran a trail him. cam was in two thousand and eight. 
yeah. was the first time I ever ran, and it was a it was a Polaroid camera. It actually had film to it. You had to take it in, and and that was that was I was probably late to the game. I mean, they had Cuddy back was big then, like where you had yeah. a, like an SD card, but you know, and that was the first buck I ever really got on camera was that buck right there. That that eight, and I shot him in 2009. I had pictures of him in August 18th and killed him in um, October 18th. So that was kind of neat, but. Well, that that year, just like you guys were just talking about that picture that you showed of me in the tree stand and the cell, the trail cam <laughs> taking a picture of me in the tree stand, the with buck that, looking with that at big you, big buck looking at me, and he snuck up on me before I, I was watching six footballs, <laughs> football <laughs> on his phone or something, listening to ninety four five the moose on the headphones. Yeah, <laughs> you probably were. But uh, those six does were on the bait pile, and all at once they just took off, and I'm watching them, and all at once I seen them moving, and what he did at that point is he turned and looked up at me, and that's all I could see was his head around the backside of that tree, and there he was, and then at that same time, the trail cam takes a picture of me with my bow in my hand, looking down at him, and him looking up at me, and that was all she wrote. He took off. I tried to jaw on him. He was a nice buck, yeah. That was a good buck. But that, like, you know, getting those age results back from Swan, I mean, we've got... I think over the years we've got like 18 bucks mounted at the cabin or something that we've killed. Some good bucks up there, great Michigan deer, but you look at them now and it's like majority of those probably are two and a half year old deer. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's well, an eye opener for sure. It really I is. I look at we've we've saved up. Remember when we first built the cabin? Everybody that was involved in it brought their racks that were killed on the property. So nothing that's in the cabin is anything that wasn't killed on the property. Yep. But we had a barrage of just because back then, like I said, we'd kill three or four bucks in a year. So that in the racks were just little basket racks. You could you you couldn't even stick a, a a soccer ball in between them, you know, because they were so. In, but now you see what we've been doing because. We st- you could got like a timeline. You could go all the way around the walls of the cabin and and pretty much see. In uh, you could see the difference what it's made in what we've harvested in the years. Which every buck's a trophy. Don't get me wrong. I, I it's enjoyable to see everybody shoot their first deer and everything like that. But to go back to like those deer that you shot, uh, that swan shot, nobody's passing those deer up. In the year right. before, is a year and a half old. You know, 115 inch buck to about. I wouldn't say half the guys at camp, but just maybe a quarter of the guys have never shot a buck that big exactly. till this day. Well, there's still people in our camp, and uh, I love our guys. Don't get me wrong. And everybody's got to do, you know, I want them to do, you know, and I've passed up a few bucks over the past few years. But sometime during the line, it's only happened once or twice that those deer have been killed after I passed them up. But they still were, they're noble bucks. They're noble bucks. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they, they, to me, I wanted to see that three and a half or four and a half year old deer, and uh, so, so then I just, I just soon sit there and watch them and video them with my phone. Back then too, we never had cell phones, you know, and the qualities of our cell phones yeah. now, you can do videos and everything, you know, it's really neat. Yep. So. Well, it's it's changed. Hunting has tra- changed tremendously in the last ten years, let yeah. alone twenty years. Yeah. But you know, when shooting decent bucks like that. You people are all oh, you shooting pen deer, you shooting this, you shooting yep. that. They don't realize we have the quality and what it's become now yes. here yes. and the potential yes. it has. But until people, you know, really start thinking about it and getting ages like that, I don't think it'll. You'll always have them people that oh, either yeah. love it or yep. think yeah. you're cheating and think you're doing this. I, I just look at it. It's nice to get out in the tree stand, especially bow hunting, and it's so quiet, peaceful. It's, it's serene, you know, and, and uh, that's the neat thing. So, but, 
But no, this is this has been a quite an adventure. Um, but I know that uh, I want to pass it on to my grandkids too. And not to say that their their parents ain't any better hunters or anything. But you know what? You can only teach a like when you guys played baseball for me. You only learned what I knew. You know, yep. when you went and played for somebody else, you learned a little bit more and you got better at it. So that's that's a huge thing. So yeah. Um, well, cool boys. I want to wrap this up. I know we we got to actually get up to deer camp because we got to help those guys clean up do our spring cleaning but appreciate you doing this we'll have you on again dad and, and, uh, I, i'm talk. great when you called the other day i said oh here you're nervous you're nervous last resort you know <laughs> <laughs> no. not last resort i've been wanting to have you on just try to find the right time and swan thanks for coming over to just to do this i know justin wasn't yep. able to come on but just to I, mean, well, I wanted to give justin like i said it's a hard time i watched his uh, youtube video with ali uh, with yeah. the bear and the turkey and it was a good video he's we'll he's get you on well, again so. when he's around and but uh and have you give him some crap there but you know you've been around my dad for a long time too and i wanted you to be here to bounce some ideas or you know talk a little bit too so i appreciate you guys doing this and i guess let's well, uh Swanee, like i said you your dad and my me are you know we've been around uh, we've did a lot of hunting over the years you know so uh it's, we need uh, to get craig on here too it's a small <laughs> it's a small world you know you think about it and dad's known all you guys and then yep. growing up and i mean just the way everything yep. is and our deer camps are just i mean a hop skip and a jump away really at the well, end maybe, of the day maybe and four or five miles as a crow flies yep. maybe but with the new laws you can't do you, know, you know you can't uh, drive yeah. all around and, <laughs> with alcohol on your breath you know so <laughs> well you can't just don't get caught right, yeah right, so, so. All right, appreciate you guys. And uh, right. with that Good. being said, I guess we'll cut her loose here. Thanks, right. Aaron. Yep. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Thank you to my dad for coming on and doing this. I've been wanting to, to do this for a while. And, uh, you know, thank you to my buddy Aaron Swan also for coming on. It's always a good time with him. Um, should have Justin on next week, I'm hoping. He's uh, trying to get out to Montana to do his bear hunt. But uh, the weather has got him held down pretty tight right now don't know if he's going to get out just yet but uh, hopefully he gets out there and, and gets after a bear but uh, i want to tell everybody thank you for the support and all the downloads and everything i really appreciate it and uh, don't forget also go to itunes or wherever you download the podcast and leave a five-star rating leave a review it's greatly appreciated and uh, yeah thank you very much and we'll see you guys right here next week